Welcome into episode three of Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. My name is Chris. I'm John. And guys, we're here to talk about, as the uh, the title says, synergy. And I, and I think it's fitting to read uh, Webster's Dictionary. Oh, please do. Their, their, please de- their do. definition let's, of let's synergy, guys. Here, here it is. So synergy, the interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, or other agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. Amen. Wow. So. Drop the mic. Let's just, you know what? We could just stop recording right, right there. Yeah, we're done. Are we done? We're I mean, just. On to episode that, four? No. Let no. that sink in. <laughs> yeah, let that sink in. So we're going to talk about the working relationship between a drummer and a guitar player and how that synergy is very crucial. One, I guess, I guess the the sentence in the definition of synergy that keeps circling in my brain is to produce combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects parts. I mean, that's huge. I'm 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 wrapping my brain around that even as we're recording this. So obviously, as we were doing our show prep we looked up the the word synergy in the dictionary and it, it's i still it's it's the the way that that sentence is hitting me right now is basically everything i feel about my relationship with drummers uh professionally personally why we we have so much synergy uh um on the stage and off um because i we're you know, we're constantly, um, we're no better than the sum of our parts. Right. And, you know, having a good drummer in a band is only going to make me sound good. Right. And vice versa. And vice versa. I mean, nobody goes out to see uh, just a guitar player, even though there's the, the G3 thing, right? Sure, There's, there's sure. still a badass drummer that's on oh, stage, oh, oh, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. So absolutely. When, when a band no gets doubt. on stage, you're all working together for a common achievement of a goal, yes. right? Well, John and I have a lot of background when it comes to playing together. We've played in bands together. We've played individually. You know, Obviously, our working relationships that we've cultivated is huge um, for the life expectancy of an individual musician. If you can't work and show your worth in helping to develop, to develop someone else, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. how are you expected to get the call back? You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Because if you Absolutely. can if you can provide something to a band as a guitar player, a drummer, what it, whatever it may be, imagine like, you know, you walk away from that gig and the guys in that band go, "Man, that, that guitar player like made us sound better." Right? We we sounded better. So that's what we're after. Like we want to be as individuals something that elevates the entire team. Absolutely. You know, the 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 sum being greater than the whole of its parts, whatever. I don't know if I said it backwards, but that whole that whole idea of, you know, being only as good as the guy next to you is um quite quite a profound statement and it's so important in music. Um, to have a not only a working relationship with a drummer, but to be inspired by drummers, 
um, as a guitar player will impact your vocabulary on your guitar player by leaps and bounds. Um, being able to understand rhythm and to be able to um, think like a drummer uh, when you're playing your guitar, not necessarily playing a paradiddle, no pun intended on the, on the, on the <laughs> title there, yuck, yuck, yeah. yuck. You're not playing diddles on your guitar, but you're playing rhythmic permutations right. on your instrument, right? right? Yeah. You know, a bar of eighth notes is a bar of eighth notes on the drums, right? Yeah, exactly. So, eighth notes are eighth notes. Um, learning about rhythm and how important it is to elevating the melodic qualities of the guitar is it's so important. Absolutely. It's absolutely important to seek inspiration, as John was saying, from drummers. I mean, I would encourage every drummer to seek inspiration outside of your instrument. Right. Because I mean, when we get started, I mean, we're like, oh my God, this is the right. instrument. So you seek validation. Right. You know, if that's kind of mm -hmm. pulling the, opening the cookie jar. Right. Like, absolutely. Validation is like, I want to be this good. So you mm -hmm. compare yourself to, you know, whichever drummer it may be that you love. Right. Absolutely. But what if I were to tell you, take that same approach when you listen to guitar players. Mm. Take mm. that same approach when you go listen to the Steve Lukather. Mm. Come on, Chris. Or the Eddie Van Halen. Come on, Chris. Or whoever that may be. Yes, you know I mean? absolutely. Like you you want to go, point. how is that guy operating in his band and how is that working together? You know, speaking of Eddie Van Halen, I mean, we talk about an incredible duo. Well, you can get me started on that. So, yeah, you know, Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen uh, obviously were brothers, but, <clears throat> excuse me, if you were to put, insert drummer here other than Alex Van Halen, they don't sound, they they're, don't not, sound the same. they're not Van Halen, it's bro. They're not the same band. Imagine Pantera okay. without without Vinny and Don. They're not, like, not it, you know, it's not, hey, it's I, not Pantera. I, I like the bands that Vinny did. You know, you know, after Don, absolutely, after but Don, they weren't Pantera. Yeah, they weren't Pantera. It, it was okay, not the same. Fair. It was, it was a, it was good. It was you know, good. it was, it was good. good. Listen, you know, <clears throat> you know, I'm not gonna be like some, you know, art critic and tell some other musician his music is crap. But I know when something's like really yeah. good, cutting right. edge stuff, right? And now we, we're giving examples of brothers that grew up playing together, right? So, right. Just off the top of our head, brothers, you right. know. But we can we can go a step further because obviously, you know, these guys grew up playing together. There's going to be something magical there. But I can tell you part of that magic was the synergy they had between Absolutely. each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and the synergy uh, part of the equation, I think, gets birthed from, you know, obviously you're around that person. You know what they like. You know what they don't like. But you also know how to push that person, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, in a competitive way, yeah, you know, get the way. best out of your brother, you know, or just push him in a direction, you know, for the greater good of what you're doing. So, you know, having a um, just a really personal relationship, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. allows for that synergy to flow freely. Well, as part of that, I mean, you're talking about um, the ability to take that almost creative criticism. Right. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, John and I, there's probably a, for instance, somewhere where we've been in a rehearsal and, and you've maybe told me to try it a different way. Well, mm -hmm. what if I took that personally? You know what I mean? Like, dude, I want to play it my way right. and hard headed and yeah. then like, 
you adapt to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and that's real easy to do, um, especially for us guitar players to get really up in our feelings when somebody is offering a different perspective on, you know, wh what we're doing on our instrument. Um, it, it, it's something that you have to uh, be able to really not take personally. You know, sometimes yeah. you're not playing the right part. Sometimes you're your riff was not the right feel or whatever. And somebody needs to be there to tell you that. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing. Um, you don't, you don't see it happen too often in bands because I think mm -hmm. we're afraid from our own personal pride. We're afraid to kind of do that to someone else. Yeah, so absolutely. Kind of go, this would hurt my feelings. So yeah. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you and I were on a gig and, I know you would probably do this. Like if my amp was like screaming, just, I mean, like ear blood curdling loud, I'm pretty sure you'd come out and be like, hey, bro, you need to turn that shit down. <laughs> right. And me, the same, same scenario, um, I would do the same for Chris, you know, if it was like, hey man, floor tom's a little loose. You might yeah. want to tighten that bottom head or something right. like that. Right. But it's a, it, it, he trusts my judgment Yep. And I, I feel comfortable telling Chris that, that it's not going to be, he's not going to take it as a slight. He's going to be like, oh, okay, I might need to look at that. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly and I think that's developing a, a great working relationship with another musician. Because yes. the longer you do that, you learn each other, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you develop that trust and their ear and all those kind of things. And, you know, mine and John's relationship's unique, um, hence the podcast. Mm -hmm. Indeed it <laughs> um, is. It, it, we, we've come to a place to where we value not only each other as mm -hmm. human beings, but as players, the, the, the ear, you know, the, the substance that each other brings to the, the gigs that we play together. Yes, um, absolutely. But I can say, you know, I hope John can too, that I've learned a lot from him. Unfortunately, I have to play gigs without him sometimes, which is really tough. Yeah, it's not fun for me either. <laughs> but I've learned a lot from him. To where, you know, maybe I'll frame things up a little differently if I go to address a guitar player I may not know so well. Because mm -hmm. I want that synergy in every band I play in. And sometimes it naturally happens in a lot. Right. And, and, and see, the reason that you have that is because, of, I'm going to go back to this definition. It's, man, it's good. For the greater good. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's not for you. It's for the greater good. Right. Okay. You take a three musketeers Some, approach. Yeah. It's something. <clears throat> it's and, and 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 that's what I love about music is when it and when everything is hitting on all cylinders. It is something that you cannot. It's divine. Whatever you want to call it. It's just that's what gets me. That's what gets me going when I listen to music. It's when everything is working together. Yep. For the greater good. Yep. Um, you can feel that team environment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the guitar and the drumming synergy, to me, uh, you know, is so important because for a guitar player, and I think this is what's getting lost, to kind of circle back to what I was, my point for, for being inspired by drummers is on the, on the, on the guitar side of things, you know, the greater good is being lost. You know, guitar players aren't working on their rhythm chops anymore, right? They're not working on pocket, mm -hmm. on groove. They're mm -hmm. working on... Mixolydian. Right. They were sweeping, you yeah. know, arpeggios. Mm -hmm. or something that's non-musical. Yep. Right? Yep. 
I think that they're starting slowly but surely, you know, a lot of the, you know, the guitar, you know, brethren are starting to get more back around to stuff that's more musical. Yeah. But still, it's a predominantly, you know, when people talk about guitarists that don't know guitar, you know, it's, you know, still Eddie Van Halen, Steve Vai, Joe Satriani. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the people that they... It's still the mindset. The mindset, yeah. you know, it's not, you know, guitar playing is so much more than that. Yeah. So the fact that you've got a drummer right there who is basically giving you a roadmap ryth rhythmically, he's telling you, he's giving you almost a roadmap a melodic roadmap, if you will, for a guitar player based on the rhythm he's playing. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So, and what I mean by that is understanding drumming, understanding rhythm is going to help your sensibility as a guitarist. Right. And the rhythm playing is super, super important to anything that you do. Man, I... I can't tell you how many gigs I didn't get because my rhythm playing was hot garbage. Yeah, yeah. I hear that from a lot of guitar players, especially if they have to be in a band with two guitar players. Yes. So someone's going to play rhythm yeah. and someone's going to play lead. Right. That, in my mind, kind of goes, y'all are both going to play rhythm, right. probably. Even, <laughs> or, or it could be a piano player and a guitar player. Right, you know? right. You guys are going to take turns doing taking rides on the yeah. song, so when the keyboard player's... So you got to lay down the rhythm, right? And right. it's important. So you know, John and I talk about practice. You know, we talk, talk about we, practice. We talk about practice. Uh, um, you know, we we've talked about practice a little bit, and we'll touch on that in greater detail in the oh, future. Yeah, but but as you're practicing, let's not forget the rhythm parts of things. Not in just yes. Not in just guitar, but I mean, everybody wants to play incredibly fast drum fills. Man, you know, yeah. like the sixteenth note, the thirty seconds note, the mm -hmm. double bass, all mm -hmm. of that. But how are you, are you working on your meat and potatoes two and four? Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah, I, I mean, it, it, and and that stuff is falls into the greater good column, man. Like, are you gonna get a call? Hey, I need somebody to lay down thirty second note triplets on a double, double bass drum for yeah. two straight hours. Yeah. It pays well. I've never, I've never gotten that call. <laughs> do, do you have you got that call? Yeah, I've never gotten a check for thirty second notes. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten a lot of checks for eight notes. Right, exactly. So has Michael Anthony from Van Halen speaking of. <laughs> Eighth notes. To get back on track, <laughs> the rhythm playing uh, pocket, just being able to have a pocket with drummers. I can give you an example just from my guitar chair. I've played gigs um, where drummers are, uh, especially during sound check, I'll notice, you know, they'll be going around their kit. And then I'm like, okay. You know, but... I can tell how good a drummer is by how they hit their snare. That's how... That, I was about to say, when I first met John, which I don't know if we've ever covered how we met each other. We, 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 we can do that later. Yeah, well, we might. I don't know if we have. After, after, our, um, after our relationship grew a little bit, the exact, the exact same thing mm -hmm. he just said to me was, I knew that you were going to be a good drummer in this band by the way you hit your snare drum. Man, I, I learned that when I was in music school. Um, we had a lot of world-class drummer uh, instructors, and there's a very distinct way that good drummers hit their snare. There's a just an, a command that the stick 
hitting the snare has, and you can feel it immediately. You yeah. know, one of my favorite drummers, uh, Rich Redmond, mm-hmm. his 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 the, his version of command is conviction. Mm-hmm. That you should hit the drums with conviction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly. What, I mean, I, and I feel that. Like you know, if I'm if I'm listening to a drummer play for the first time, and he's just you know, I, you know, some drummers are just really good finesse players, you know, and they just kind of, you know, I guess kind of weckles like that, you mm-hmm. know, he's not real like a heavy hitter, you know, he's just kind of floating across it. Mm-hmm. You know, that has its place, but for me, you know, if I were to list out my drummers that I enjoy, they are, they, they're hard hitters, I guess, they're yeah. heavy hitters, but it's not necessarily about the the velocity, it's about the conviction right? that, yeah. that, that you're hitting your drum with, and... I, I can I can tell if you're going to be a good drummer if you no I should say I know your your tone is going to be good your timing and your pocket might not be there but okay usually usually it is by the way the conviction is being brought forth on the head of that snare yeah. I'm able to determine this guy's going to be a good yeah. player yeah. And I think any musician that plays with intent like that, right. like they intend what they're going to play isn't a mistake. Mm-hmm. It was this note is intended for right now. Right. Right. Whether it be a kick drum, a snare drum, uh, a rhythm note or a rhythm chord, like it was intentional yes. and they went at it with all that conviction. That is felt not only by band members, but by an audience. By the audience too. And that's one of many reasons why I draw inspiration or I go to drummers when I want to get inspired is to everything a drummer does it has a it has a purpose. Yeah. Same for guitar players. Right? It should be. It should be. Right. Right. It should be the same. We I mean that's part of that whole so, each other counter yeah, thing. Yeah. And you know, when I was, you know, at school and I never got into jazz and I was thrusted into the jazz world, I just I, that's where I fell in love with the drums because it was such a like the pocket of yeah. a jazz drummer is just nothing. You cannot. Those guys are convicted, <laughs> right? There's no, no doubt. There's no argument. That type of pocket, like you can feel that pocket. You can feel the 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 synergy that's being created by that flawless rhythm that's being laid down by that drummer. So what you take from that is you listen to how the guitar player is comping chords mm-hmm. over said pocket mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you try your damnedest to emulate that note for note yep you know yep. whether it's playing to the recording on some headphones you want to do that over and over and over and over until you can sound as close to or not the exact as uh, just like the recording and that's what i did a lot of times that's how i was able to develop good rhythm chops yep uh, learning jazz and being able to listen to that drummer. I mean, really listen to that pocket. What is he doing with his, where is he putting his ghost note at on his snare? Yeah. Maybe that's where you need to put your chord stab right. on that ghost note of the snare. Right. Right. Stuff like that, you start to kind of, you start to, you know, stumble upon. And I think, you know, John and I discussed this. There's there's the only only way you're going to get to this synergy is to put yourself out there. I mean, in you our, in our, previous, out there. In our yeah, previous episode, we talked about being like the best sounding guy in your cul-de-sac. You know oh, I, mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, but I mean you can, if yeah. you want to, if you want to come from, 
from networking into like doing in, in, into yes. becoming a, a synergistic mm-hmm. contributor. Yes, that's the word. You've got to start pre- playing with other people. You do. So like, yes. are you networking yourself to find other drummers, other guitar players, other mm-hmm. bass players, other piano players, whatever your genre may be? Mm-hmm. You've got to put yourself in those rooms together and start learning from each other. Learning from each other is, you know, the way to get really uh, advanced at your instrument quickly um, by understanding the benefit of listening to drummers and really trying to figure out what they're doing. Yeah, uh, it's not like I said; it's not necessarily about paradiddle or, or it's it's about the rhythmic figures about rhythmically what are they doing over that bar right right over even if you're measure. just jamming over cover songs that you both may love you, yeah. you know you put yourself in a room with people and start doing that and you think maybe the drum fill that you've been playing in your rehearsal space works and you do it in a band and realize how terrible how that was awful it is it's like man I, by doing that fill I left the rhythm alone for so long that yeah. the energy the fill it, it yeah, just it's, dissipated yeah and, 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 and you know, and it's being able to realize what the song calls for. Because ultimately, if you're, you know, if you're playing a song, mm-hmm. you know, the song has been recorded. So you have the, you have the structure and the framework, but you've got to capture that vibe. Right. If you're a drummer, that pocket has to be there. It has to be... Uh, foundation. It, it has yeah. to be the foundation for everything else to, to fall, fall in line. Yeah. And if if one or two things aren't in that pocket, it's not going to be good. It's going to sound awful. It's going to yeah. be a train wreck. You know. Yeah, it's got to be for the greater good. It does. Um, and, and, and to get back to that synergy word, um, I always had a plan of what I wanted to do musically. Like I knew I wanted to play my guitar. That's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in a band. And, do all that stuff. And the other thing that I took great pride in doing was learning a song and playing a song how it's yep. been recorded. How it's been recorded, exactly. Right? Not how you interpret it. <clears throat> how it's been recorded. Yeah. Right? And I'll show my age a little bit, but my dad had me had me listening to Journey records. Mm. Records, kids, mm-hmm. not CDs. Records. Records. Vinyls. Vinyl, before vinyl was cool again. Yeah. And learning those Steve Smith parts uh-huh. when I got to the place where I could was kind of a humbling thing in a way because I'd been playing a lot of metal and speedy, fast stuff. And interpretation is one of those things where you listen to something for long enough yeah. and you'll think this could fit over that. Yeah. And you find out yeah. oh, that sounded terrible. Like this, these two genres don't really match. Don't really match. Right. So you start learning about space and freedom mm-hmm. and, and letting a song breathe. Right. Letting, letting the song breathe and see the journey analogy or the, or not really analogy, but the, you know, the, what you were mentioning, uh, uh, the example, um, is good because Steve Smith is really a jazz guy. He He's a jazz drummer. Still to this day. Still to this day. Right. <laughs> But he was able to take that fundamental foundation of a jazz drummer, which is that pocket and that groove, because that is ultimately what rock music is about. It's about a pocket and a groove and a feel. Yeah. And Steve Smith was, I mean, one of the best, if not the best, at creating those pockets and those feels for all those great journey songs yeah and there's some interviews i've read with him before not to get too far off topic but 
Some people don't know that Steve Perry, the vocalist of Journey, he was a drummer as well. That was his instrument. I did not know and that. Steve Smith Sick. has credited Steve Perry with helping him develop those drum parts. Wow. Because Steve Perry had like obviously a vocal approach. Right. He was like, how does how do drums and vocals marry up? Synergy. Synergy, guys. Like that's, you know, that's a drummer. For the greater good. Yeah, that's a drummer listening to another drummer who is your vocalist going, hold on. Here's what you need to play. Yes. So we... Let's focus there. We, we can achieve our goal. Right. That's super important. I, I don't think that can be said enough. Um, at least from my end, that's why I feel drawn to drummers personally for inspiration is because I feel just a a a, a connection and a synergy immediately yeah. um, with that musician uh, based on everything that we laid out you know and, and I guess for a drummer it's not necessarily you know because guitarists like I said typically aren't real solid rhythm players mm -hmm. you know they they don't focus on that first they don't focus yeah. on that first yeah. right um, could be great you know soloists or improv guys but you know that's just not what they do is you know the rhythm thing so to me, um, it helped me become a more well-rounded guitarist by delving into a drummer's mindset. Yeah. Um, figuring out why they do what they do and then seeing if that translates into my world. And it does a lot. Yeah. Yeah, rhythm, rhythm definitely will. Um, a rhythm guitar player that, that I didn't really pay attention to until I got a little older is Stone Gossard, who plays rhythm with, yeah, I mean, he's the rhythm guitar yeah. player with Pearl Jam. Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy is like his own rock. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, and, and it's super important. I mean, it, I'll give you the drop the mic of all rhythm guitarists and it's, you know, the ACDC brothers. Yeah. I mean, Malcolm Young, all day long, seven days a week, yeah. 365 days a year. Yeah is just laying down the fattest rhythm for yeah. his brother. Yeah. Speaking of brothers. Yeah. You know what that does? Not only does it elevate the band, but the whole band has trust. Right. You know what I mean? Like that that train is just chugging right Synergy. along. <laughs> Synergy. Synergy, folks. Synergy. Uh, no, so but it's important. I mean, and it, 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 it starts um, anything that's going to be of awesome quality for like a better word it, it, it's going to be birthed out of that synergy right um and i think that that uh for for me um not to keep harping on the same topic but that's it just for that's a tool that guitar players should definitely um put in their toolbox yeah. it's just their ability to draw inspiration from drummers absolutely so guys, we're going to wrap it up. We really hope that you got a lot from this. Uh, this yeah, pow powerful episode. Powerful, today. like interplay. This, this you know really how, how musicians really work together to achieve their common goals. And we we have we have something we want to kind of throw out at you guys. Maybe a little bit of homework. Take home assignment, if yes, you will. Yes. What's the homework, John? What are you? What players are you listening to that are influencing you on your instrument? Right. Uh, anything. What What are you guys kind of digging out there that's really getting your juices going creatively? We'd really like to kind of know what's what's on your ears. Yeah. Uh, maybe some stuff we might not maybe be we into. Don't maybe it's yeah. some, some classics. But yeah. what what what's moving the needle for you? Yeah. So what's like what's 
what and I think more specifically as a drummer, like what guitar players influencing you as a guitar yeah, player, what drummers influencing you, you know, like what's pulling you kind of in a direction that makes you feel like, you know, I'm I'm listening to everybody here, you know, how how to make myself better. Right. I mean, for me, uh, just to give an example, I mean, a drummer that I am just absolutely just cannot get enough of is this uh, gentleman named Ash Sone. Is that his name? I don't know who that is. Um, I'll look him up after this. This guy is sick. So, yeah, that's my influence <laughs> uh, for uh, the podcast. Um, hmm. You know, just any anything... Um, anything that you guys are that's moving the needle for you, we'd like for you to send in some some names that yeah. we can um, kind of break into and maybe talk about. Well, guys, we're going to get out of here. We'll see you next week. All right, guys, we out. <laughs>